am I starting? Are you doing an introduction? Hare Krishna, we are so fortunate to have Her Grace Malati Mahal. Jaisri Mataji from Nirundavan. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, five points and Mataji will enlighten us on the topic. Shrimad Bhagavatam 5.2.16. And today no. is, uh, we are starting uh, Kartik month. So happy Damodar month, happy Kartik month. Mataji, Hare Krishna. Please take over. Mataji, uh, Jaisri Mataji was asking about the introduction. Uh, we already done, right? Yeah, that's what uh, just for your information, <coughs> excuse me, Varshana Maharaj will be giving a class tonight in the temple room uh, about Kartik and the month of Damodar. <coughs> so please, um, you know, tune into that if you have nothing else to do. Uh, let me see one second. Give me a second. I want to see what. I don't think it's going to be at 7:30. Um, Okay, it is in the temple at 5 p.m. in New Vrindavan. <clears throat> so if you would like to hear Maharaj speak, he's just a very great speaker. And he'll speak yes, about thanks. the significance of yes. Kartik and the month of Damodar. So please join us. All right. Yes, Thank you. And it will be telecasted on mayapur.tv right? and on Facebook of New Vrindavan. Right, right. <clears throat> Thank you. Yes, I guess Thank I you, everyone everyone knows that. Yeah, if you don't, you can. If you don't know, you can go to Mayapur TV and tune into so many classes and different activities throughout the world. And New Vrindavan always has a class at seven thirty. I mean, eight o'clock in the morning. And we actually just had Jayadoita Maharaj here. He gave wonderful classes, and uh, Amarendra Prabhu was just here for several days. So, uh, oh, anyway, something wonderful.
Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada Jaya Prabhupada Siva Prabhupada Jaya Gurudeva Jaya Gurudeva Jaya Gurudeva Jaya Gurudeva Nikaito Harito Jayom Vishnupad Parmahansa Parvajakacharya Sutra Satsas Divine Grace Jayom Vishnupadparmans Parvajakacharya Sutra Satsas Divine Grace Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sarswati Dakur Shri Bhakti Kijai Hananta Vaishnavarinda Kijai Namacharya Sri Lahida Sakur Kijai Prem Sri Kahosri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Sri Adoita Gadata Shiva Sadi Gobakta Vindikija. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gogopina Shamakun Radha Kun Sri Govardhan Kijai Shri Vrindavan Dham Kijai Navadweep Dham Kijai Ganga Maya Kijai Jimuna Maya Kijai Bhakti Devi Kijai Shimati Tulsi Devi Kijai Samaveda Bhakta Vindikijai. All glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to the Asama devotees. All glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. <coughs> So we're reading from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 2, Text Number 16. My Sanskrit scholar, are you available? <laughs> yes, Mataji. Anybody would like to read? Otherwise, I can read. Okay. ृष्ण all right. So, sorry, I'm trying to adjust my lighting here. Mm-mm. So, na, not, I am, you. Funny, like Try Jami, I shall give up. Davitam, very dear. Devja, Devya, by Lord Brahma, the demigods worshipped by the Brahmins. Tatam, given, yes, men, unto whom, Manaha, mind, Drake, 
eyes of P also. Na, mine. Na, vivati. Do not go away, lagnam. Tightly attached, mom, me. Charles Shringi, old woman with beautiful raised breasts. Arhasi, you ought nitam to lead. Anuvratam, follower, te, your. Shittam, desire, yata, wherever. Parisasa, Paris, Prastistranatu, may follow. Shiva, favorable. Satraya, friends. Translation Lord Brahma, who is worshipped by the Brahmins, has very mercifully given you to me, and that is why I have met you. I do not want to give up your company, for my mind and eyes are fixed upon you and cannot be drawn away. A woman with beautiful raised breasts, I am your follower. You may take me wherever you like, and your friends may also follow me. <coughs> Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Now, Agnidra frankly admits his weakness. He was attracted to Purvachichi, and therefore, before she could say, but I have no business with you, he expressed his desire to be united with her. He was also attracted. Oh, sorry. He was so attracted that he was ready to go anywhere, heaven or hell, in her company. When one is absorbed in lust and the influence of sex, one surrenders to the feet of a woman without reservations. Sri Madhavacharya remarks in this connection that when one engages in joking and talking like a crazy person, one may say anything and everything, but his words will be meaningless. Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swamaniti Namini Namaste Saraswati Devi Gorbani Pacharani Nirvisesa Sunivari Vashacha Deshatari Om Agani Tamrandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chakshurin Militamina Tasmai Sri Guravena Maha. We're born in the darkness of ignorance, but our spiritual master is kindly opening our eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. So we offer our respectful obeisances unto the lotus feet of such spiritual masters. So it's a very short verse <coughs> and a very short purport. And here, this Agnidra, he's gone into the caves to, to try and become ready to rule the kingdom and become purified. And here comes Purvachiti, sent by uh, Lord Brahma. And he becomes totally captivated by her. And he's <coughs> willing to go anywhere with her. Heaven or hell, Prabhupada says. 
So we see the power of this <coughs> energy called lust. It's so captivating. It just captivates the world. And we see that the people of this time, instead of creating a civilization that's based on purity and chastity, this whole world is just after exploiting the sex desire at, at every point. Every time you turn on <coughs> um, the computer, the TV, or go anywhere, open a magazine, <coughs> what's the attraction? Beautiful women, and so many of them, their breasts are showing that it's just captivating the minds of the civilization towards this energy called sex life. And it just wreaks havoc on the cultures of the world. Even, I mean, the movies, even the children's items, the children's cartoons and and movies nowadays are very sexually explicit. It's such an unfortunate time. And Prabhupada says in the in the pages of the Bhagavatam that <coughs> the youth becomes what is the word he used? Um, not captivated, victimized. People become victimized in this age. They have no strength of culture. They're not brought up generally in a pure household. Um, they're often brought up in households that are broken marriages. And when there's no culture, there's no base of purity. When you have a cultureless society, say in America, we have a cultureless society, generally speaking. And so you see that the people in general have no parameters, no rules. They can do anything. They break their marriage off, and then this woman is with that new man, and that man is with this new woman, and the children are exposed to all these different people coming into their house. Sometimes the parent marries them, sometimes they don't. And it's just a very hellish society right now. And uh, the people that control the media and the education have not gone to much length. Look at our former president, with all respect. His wife was a playboy bunny, you know, which was like a prostitute, basically. You know, it's it's a sad it's a sad situation. So. Because of this, the whole world has no standard of purity. So at least in this case, Agnidra ends up marrying Privachiti. So that's one good thing. At least he wasn't like all over the place with his lust. He concentrated his lust on this one woman and he goes on to marry her. Right? But then we see the examples in our in our teachings of like Ajamil. Ajamil was raised in a good family, a pious Brahmin family. 
And uh, my understanding is when he was out getting flowers for the deities, <coughs> he became victimized by lust. He saw prostitutes um, engaged in some type of sexual activity with someone in the forest. And his mind totally became victimized by this vision. He had a wife. She was beautiful. She was devoted. But his mind was focused on this prostitute. So he left everything and ran after this prostitute. And like Prabhupada says, um, he, he was ready to go to heaven or to hell for her. <clears throat> he ended up being with her and raising a family. And in the end, due to Krishna's kindness, he was saved. <clears throat> but it's just a very difficult time. We have to always be on our guard. Our minds are always moving hither and thither just with all these different attractions. It's, a, it's, a, it's an austerity to be in one family with one spouse and, and stay there without difficulty. It's, uh, it's good fortune if we can manage to do that. That's why one of the regulated principles Prabhupada set down a base. This is not a base for, for highly cultured people. Like Prabhupada says in some of the scriptures, they're so low. Um, the people of the time were so low that one of the strictures was that you shouldn't have sex life with your mother. Okay, what does that mean? It means that it was more of a common thing. <laughs> so in our case, Srila Prabhupada's come along and our standards in the world are so low that his, his start is no illicit sex life, no gambling, no meat eating, no intoxication. Why? Because everyone's addicted to these things. So that's the start of our austerity at this day and age. Really a uh, pretty low place to start, I would say. So... Um, In Prabhupada's time, we see that there were devotees that had been become his disciples. And I remember one letter. This girl, she and her husband went somewhere to start a temple. And the girl's writing to Srila Prabhupada. Oh, Srila Prabhupada, I found this wonderful man and I want to be with him and not with my husband. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And, you t and she was telling Srila Prabhupada that. So, so, and she wanted his blessings. So what, what did he do? He basically gave her his blessings. And, and one of the other disciples said, well, why? Why would you do that? You know, why didn't you criticize her and chastise her? And, and Prabhupada said she was going to do it anyway. So if I gave her that, um, ultimatum, she would have done it anyway and then she would have had to deal with the, the bad karma or the situation of defying the order of the spiritual master. Prabhupada was very, very merciful and very present and knew his, his preaching field. 
Srila Prabhupada knew the mentality of the people, he knew the ability of the people, and his business, being Patita Pavana, the servant of Lord Chaitanya, like Lord Chaitanya didn't kill Jagai and Madai. Why? Because Lord Nityananda said, if you kill them, you have to kill everybody. Because there's so many Jagais and Madais. So Srila Prabhupada, knowing his audience, was extremely merciful and forgiving and just encouraging. Um, there's sannyasis who left our movement because they had to be with a woman. They left their position and they, some of them ran off and they found a wife and then they, some of them came back like Madhavisa Prabhu. But Prabhupada loved Madhavisa. And he, he didn't chastise him. Oh, why have you run off? You've broken your vow. You've done this. You've done that. He, he lovingly embraced him and brought him back in with his wife and new child. So, because if he would have chastised him, Madhavisa would have gone away. Anyway... This was Prabhupada's way of dealing with things because of the situation. He was just the perfect person for this day and age. Who else could have lifted up a world of dacoits and miscreants? Come to America, such a fallen state. You know, such a fallen state. And then brought it all over the world. So what does Krishna say? Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, It is lust only Arjuna, which is born of contact with the material mode of passion, and later, later transformed into wrath, and which is the all-devouring sinful enemy of the world. So if the leaders of the world had this knowledge, if the leaders of the world could understand the base of the times and why people are the way they are, committing such atrocities. I mean, you can't even read what people are doing. It's just so frightening that, that the world is in this forest fire of lust and anger and greed and sinfulness it's just frightening you just don't want to expose your mind to such things but if the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya can spread more and more we can actually by the grace of the Lord and the pure devotees Raise, help raise people up to a higher standard of life. And like Bhakti Siddhanta told Srila Prabhupada, we can't wait for the political scene of the day to change. We can't depend um, that that's going to happen, and neither can we wait for a better time. We have to dive into the <laughs> mire of the time and try and find ways to to entertain the people and attract the people and bring them and give them 
a higher taste. And with that higher taste, they're able to step up to a higher consciousness. And then things can change. I know I've told the story of Adoita before, but it's amazing to me how, how someone with such a background could become such a wonderful devotee. You know, such like a gangster, a New York gangster. It's just... Uh, It just shows the purity and the potency of Srila Prabhupada. We see it's, you know, time is short. We may think, oh, I'm only whatever, 40, I'm only 50, I'm only 20. I'll tell you, time goes so fast. I'm, I'm 73, 73 now. I mean, how fast time has gone. And we hear Prabhupada say it, and we hear people, our, our teachers, Radha Swami, different people, don't waste time. Chant Hare Krishna, don't waste time. Because time goes so fast, and we actually have such a limited amount. There's so many devotees passing away right now from my generation, and so many other, you know, unexpected people passing away. We just really don't want to waste any time because we don't know when that last breath is going to happen. And we certainly don't want to be engulfed in lust. I mean, what a waste. What a waste that is. Ruin our, our life, our reputation, our family. Just to chase after a body that's just an illusion. It's actually just a skeleton with some muscles and blood and putrid smells. And we are going to give up everything higher to chase after that because it appears to look good for a while. Anyway, that's, we, we have to be careful. Definitely have to be careful. So, we are at the beginning of Karthik which is a very auspicious time, a time to make good advancements. And all the temples, uh, you'll see, will have beautiful ceremonies and programs and the Dhamma sun, the morning and evening, and candles lit. And It's just such a beautiful time. New Vrindavan always has people, but when, when, when it's time for the Dhamma prayers, people come out of the woodworks. People come in the evening, they come in the morning. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm going to miss it this morning because of the class, but uh, I'll certainly be there in the evening. Anyway, so what is Kartik? What is this beautiful time? So I was looking in the um, Nectar of Devotion. There's a, <coughs> a chapter performing devotional service in Kartik. <coughs> One of the most important of these ceremonial functions is called Urjavrata. Urjavrata is observed in the month of Kartik, November, October-November, especially in Vrindavan. There is a special program for temple worship of the Lord in his Damodar form. Damodar refers to Krishna being bound up by ropes by his mother. 
It is said that just as Lord Damodar is very dear to his devotees, so the month known as Damodar or Kartik is also very dear to them. The execution of devotional service during this month of Kartik is especially recommended to be performed in Mathura. The system is still followed by many devotees. They go to Mathura or Vrindavan and stay there during the month of Kartik, especially to perform devotional service during this month. In the Padma Purana, it is said, the Lord may offer liberation or material happiness to a devotee, but after some devotional service has been executed, particularly in Mathura, during the month of Kartik, the devotees want only to attain pure devotional service to the Lord. The purport is that the Lord does not award devotional service to ordinary persons who are not serious about it. But even such unserious persons who, are, who execute devotional service according to the regulated principles during the month of Kartik and within the jurisdiction of Mathura in India are very easily awarded the Lord's devotional, personal devotional service. And in the Nectar of Devotion, there is a statement in the Padmara Purana describing the ritualistic function of the month of Kartik. Oops. That is what I just read. No, it's not. Hmm. Sounds very similar. During the month of Kartik, October, November, during this month in Vrindavan, it is a regulated principle to pray daily to Lord Krishna in his Damodar form. The Damodar form refers to Krishna in his childhood when he was tied up with a rope by Mother Yasoda. Dhamma means ropes and Udara means the abdomen. So Mother Yasoda, being disturbed by naughty Krishna, bound him around the abdomen with a rope. Thus Krishna is named Damodar. During Kartik, Damodar is prayed to as follows. My dear Lord, you are the Lord of all, the giver of all benedictions. <clears throat> there are many demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva who sometimes offer benedictions to their respective devotees. For example, Ravana was blessed with many benedictions by Lord Shiva and Hiranikasipu was blessed by Lord Brahma. But even Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma depend upon the benedictions of Lord Krishna. And therefore, Krishna is addressed as the Lord of all benefactors. As such, Lord Krishna can offer his devotees anything they want. But still, the devotees' pray, prayer continues. I do not ask you for liberation or for any material facility up to the point of liberation. What I want is your favor, as your favor is that I may always think of your form in which I see you now, as Damodar. You are so beautiful and attractive that my mind does not want anything besides this wonderful form. In this same prayer, there is another passage in which it is said, My dear Damodar, once when you were playing as a naughty boy in the house of Nanda Maharaj, you broke 
the box containing yogurt. And because of that, Mother Yasoda considered you an offender and tied you up with a rope to the household grinding mortar. At that time, you delivered the two sons of Kuber, Nala Kuber and Mani Griva, who were staying there as two Arjuna trees in the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. My only request is that by your merciful pastimes, you may similarly deliver me. And another in the Nectar of Devotion, in Chapter 6, How to Discharge Devotional Service. In the month of Kartik, October-November, one should make arrangements for special services. So I've been listening to Indra Swami's talking about the different deities of Vrindavan, the different devotees of Vrindavan. And I listened to last night about Rupa Goswami, how when Rupa Goswami found the Govindaji deity, the, the worship was very simple in the beginning. But he was observing all kinds of celebrations and ceremonies and holy days for the benefit of the people. And Prabhupada set that up as a standard for ISKCON. He said, actually, in the spiritual world, there's a festival every day. He made it so much fun and so much festive. It's like the attraction to the outside activities of the times were just so much less attractive. Prabhupada set the stage for ISKCON to be a place of of festivals and, and wonderful activities to attract people. After all, when, when you're covered with a disease of lust and attraction for gross material things, how can you possibly save yourself? It takes that higher taste it takes that merciful hand of the Lord to come and pick you up and set you on a path of something that's more attractive and more fun and more endearing to the heart. Sure, we have to tolerate some things. That's our penance. We've become attracted to the lower modes of nature. And so our, our penance and our austerity is to tolerate those lower pushings or desires. But what have we gotten on the other hand? We're not like the, the poor yogis sitting in the field or mountaintop or cave trying to control their senses by force and doing all kinds of severe austerities in order to try and achieve something higher. The process we've been given is Lord Chaitanya's merciful Sankirtan movement of chanting and dancing and feasting and hearing the beautiful stories and narrations of the great souls. And he didn't just come himself. He came and opened a whole array of great souls. Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami and all the, the previous personalities that came before us. The Goswamis opened the, the pastimes and get made available the pastime places for us. 
where on earth would we be if we didn't have all of these attractions? We look forward to our next trip to India, to going to Kartik and Vrindavan, to festival at the temple, to the prasadam that's going to be served, to what the deities are wearing today. What flowers am I going to gather? What, how am I going to decorate the deities? Well, what, what's the class Radhanath Maharaj is going to What class did Prabhupada give at this time? We're just like inundated with a flood of mercy. How fortunate we are. How fortunate we are. And in turn, it's put into our hands. Okay, you have all this. Now you go share it with your neighbors, with your friends, with people you don't know. You have a festival at the next art fair or the campus when it's having something. You go there and you distribute prasadam and, and you chant and you have a festival of colors. You know, wow. What a what a windfall we have we've become so fortunate. And why? Causeless mercy. <laughs> we've been given causeless mercy. Just that in itself is something to have a festival about. If Krishna would have dealt with many of us on the level of our, our activities in a strict way, whew, we'd be finished. We would be finished. But he's treating us like Lord Nityananda recommended, with like Jagai and Madai's. Okay, don't kill us. Help us. So here we are, running, running towards Krishna. We've been given a taste. Well, it's such a higher taste than all this nasty, gross stuff that's going on and violent stuff that's going on. We've been given a taste. And so we're running after Srila Prabhupada, running after Krishna, just trying to chant Hare Krishna and hoping that Krishna will just shower more and more mercy on us. The prayers of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he didn't say, oh, I'm so great, I'm such an elevated person. He said, I'm such a rascal, I'm a fool, I'm so sinful, I'm the lowest. This is how the devotees, the real devotees, pray and we got to be careful that we don't become proud of our little tiny bit and, and it's not only advancement that we've made it's mercy we've been given anyway we're in the fire we're becoming red hot and we can act How, however hot we are we can have an influence of, on other people So Prabhupada says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita in the Madhya Lila, one should surrender to Krishna in all respects. One should observe particular vows like Kartik Vrata. There are some, these are some of the 64 important items of devotional service. So Kartik is, is talked about in many places by Srila Prabhupada. So what happened? What happened here? We know that Mother Yasoda, she had a certain kind of grass that she grew. And she, it was such a fragrant grass 
that she would water it in a special way. And she, although her husband had 900,000 cows, this grass was called Padmaganda. And it was sweet and fragrant, and she personally watered it. Her husband had 900,000 cows. One second, sorry, someone's knocking at my door. Sorry, intermission, one second. Okay. Have a good day. Oh, tonight at the temple, Varshana Maharaj is giving the class. It's the first day of Karthi. So if you want to come, I'm sure there'll be some Sadam until we first offer the candle. All right. So that was my illustrious son, Abhay Charan Das, who was a wonderful kirtan singer. Okay, back to Mother Yasoda. Her husband had 900,000 cows, but out of all those cows, only the top two were allowed to take that grass. And because they took that fragrant and sweet grass, their milk was also fragrant and sweet. And that is the milk that Mother Yasoda used to churn... Um, the yogurts, now you probably know, because most of you are probably from India, but I didn't know. I thought that, that butter was made from cream. But a higher standard is when that cream, which I've done myself and which I should actually, which I should do again because I just made some ghee, but it was just with butter. You take the cream you turn it into yogurt, and then you churn the yogurt and make it into butter. That is makan, and that is what Mother Yasoda did. She was churning yogurt, and she made it into butter. And that butter is what Krishna would steal. So there was Mother Yasoda, right? She's got this wonderful milk on the stove. Now what she was doing, I don't know if she was boiling it just to boil it. I don't know if she was heating it to make yogurt, but she was had been sitting with Krishna. And Krishna had just woken up and he was hungry and he was sitting on her lap. And she could hear the milk boiling over. So the butter she was churning was that wonderful butter. And Krishna, he was on her lap. And she got up and she put him down and she said, just a minute, just a minute. So she ran to take care of the butter. So, let's see. I'm going to read from here. The end of her sari was tightly wrapped while she churned. And on account of her intense love for her son, milk automatically dripped from her breasts, which moved as she labored very hard, churning with two hands. The bangles and the bracelets on her hands tinkled, and they touched each other, and her earrings and breasts shook. There were drops of perspiration on her face, 
and a flower garland which was on her head scattered here and there. Before this picturesque sight, Lord Krishna appeared as a child. He felt hungry and, to increase his mother's love, he wanted her to stop churning. He indicated that her first business was to let him suck her breast, and then she could churn the butter later. So Mother Yasoda took her son on her lap and pushed her nipple in, of her breast into his mouth. And while Krishna was sucking the milk, she was smiling, enjoying the beauty of her child's face. Suddenly, the milk that was on the stove began to boil over. Just to stop the milk from spilling, Mother Yasoda at once put Krishna aside and went to the stove. Left in this state by his mother, Krishna became very angry. And his lips and eyes became red in rage. He pressed his teeth and his lips and taking up a piece of stone, he immediately broke the butter bar. He took the butter out of it and with false tears in his eyes, he began to eat the butter in a secluded place. In the meantime, Mother Yasoda returned to the churning place after seeing the overflow of milk was put in order. She saw the broken pot in which the churning yogurt had been kept. Since she could not find her boar, she concluded that the broken pot was his work. She smiled as she thought, this child is very clever. After breaking the pot, he has left this place fearing punishment. After she saw it all over, she found her son sitting on a big wooden grinding mortar which was kept outside. He was taking the butter from the pod which was hanging from the ceiling on a swing and he was feeding it to the monkeys. She saw Krishna looking this way and that way in fear of her because he was conscious of his naughty behavior. After seeing her son so engaged, she very silently approached him from behind. Krishna, however, saw her coming towards him with a stick in her hand, and he immediately got down from his grinding mortar and began to flee in fear. Madhya Soda chased him to all corners, trying to capture the personality of Godhead, who was never approached even by the meditators or the great yogis. In other words, the Supreme Personality of Godhead who was never caught by the yogis or the speculators was playing just like a naughty child for such a great devotee like Mother Yasoda. Mother Yasoda, however, could not easily catch the fast-running child because of her thin waist and heavy body. Still, she tried to follow him as fast as possible. Her hair loosened and the flowers of her hair fell to the ground. Although she was tired, she somehow or other reached her naughty child and captured him. When he was caught, Krishna was almost at the point of crying. He smeared his hands over his eyes, which were anointed with a black cosmetic. The child saw his mother's face while she stood over him, and his eyes became restless from fear. Mother Yasoda could understand that Krishna was unnecessarily afraid, and for his benefit she wanted to allay his fears. Being the topmost well-wisher of her child, Mother Yasoda thought, if the child is too fearful of me, 
I don't know what will happen to him. Mother Yasoda then drew a, threw away her stick in order to punish him. She thought to bind his hands with some ropes. She did not know. She did not know it, but it was actually impossible to bind the personality of Godhead. Mother Yasoda was thinking that Krishna was her tiny child. She did not know that the child had no limitation. There is no inside or outside of him, no beginning, no end. He is unlimited and all-pervading. Indeed, he is himself the whole cosmic manifestation. Still, Madhya Soda was thinking of Krishna as her child. Although he is beyond the reach of the senses, she endeavored to bind him to a wooden grinding mortar. But when she tried to bind him, she found the rope she was using was too short by two inches. She gathered more ropes from the household. And she added it. But she found it was the same shortage. In this way, she connected all the ropes available in the home. And when the final knot was tied, she saw that the rope was still two inches too short. So Mother Yasoda was smiling. But she was astonished. How is this happening? In attempting to bind her son, she became tired. She was perspiring and the garland on her head fell down. Then Lord Krishna appreciated the hard labor of his mother and being compassionate upon her, he agreed to be bound by the ropes. Krishna playing as a human child in the house of Mother Yasoda was performing his own selected pastimes. Of course, no one can control the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The pure devotees surrendered surrenders himself unto the lotus feet of the Lord, who may either protect or vanquish the devotee. But for his part, the devotee never forgets his own position of surrender. Similarly, the Lord also feels transcendental pleasure by submitting himself to the protection of his devotees. This was exemplified by Krishna surrendering to Madhya Soda. Krishna is the supreme bestower of all kinds of transcendental liberation to his devotee. But the benediction which was bestowed upon Mother Yasoda was never experienced even by Lord Brahma or Lord Shiva or the goddess of fortune. The Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is known as the son of Yasoda and Maharaj, is never so completely known to the yogis or the speculators. But he is easily available to his devotees. Nor is he appreciated as the supreme reservoir of all pleasure by the devotees and the yogis or the speculators. After binding her son, Madhya Soda engaged herself in household affairs. At that time, bound to the wooden grinding mortar, Krishna could see a pair of trees before him, which were known as Arjuna trees. The reservoir of pleasure, Lord Krishna, thus thought to himself, Madhya Soda, first of all, left without feeding me sufficient milk and therefore I broke a pot of yogurt and distributed the stock of butter and charity to the monkeys. Now she has bound me to the wooden mortar so I shall do something more mischievous than before. And thus she thought of, he thought of pulling down the two very tall Arjuna trees. And then Prabhupada goes into the history. There is a history behind the pair of Arjuna trees. In their previous lives, the trees were born as the human sons of Kuber, and their names were Nala Kuber and Manigriba. 
Fortunately, they came within the vision of the Lord. In their previous life, they were cursed by the great sage Narda in order to receive the highest benediction of seeing Krishna. This benediction curse was bestowed upon them because of their forgetfulness due to intoxication. The story will be narrated in the next chapter. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purports of the ninth chapter of Krishna. Madhya Soda binds Lord Krishna. Yay! Okay, so we heard a little bit about the pastimes of the month of Damodar and how this naughty Lord, isn't it wonderful that the Supreme Personality of Godhead has a pastime or a can't think of the word I'm looking for. That he's not just a person that we can surrender to out of awe and reverence. Oh, almighty God, you know, in a fearful way, I surrender to you. You know, we have a vision of the Lord that is loved and appreciated by certain class of devotees. And that's one of love and attraction and naughtiness and sweetness. It's a very special angle of vision. It's something that's not even achieved in the Vaikuntha planets. Somehow or other, we have become very fortunate. Okay, so we went through the purport and the, this particular pastime. Um, of the prince, of the king, and he, uh, all of his lusty desires, and then we jumped into the Damodar pastimes. And Prabhupada says that these pastimes of Krishna purify the heart and take away the unwanted lust in the heart. Hmm. We change our lust to love. This is the process of the Hare Krishna movement. So thus, thus ends the class of Mother Jayashri for <laughs> the pastimes of Damodar. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. So, my apologies if I've said anything wrong or made any offenses or omissions. Just uh, doing my little bit to do some service in this world. So if anyone has any additions or changes or subtractions or comments, please go ahead. Hare Krishna Mataji, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it was very nice. You gave very nice class as always. And this is the first day of Kartik Mas. And it is our fortune that uh, we hear from you such a great uh, devotee and uh, we learn a lot, always we learn a lot from you. I have a question that um, what was the reason or uh, uh, from your reading that uh, why Yashoda Mataji has a, such a great um, chance to serve the Lord 
you know and devki mataji being a biological mother she was a biological mother but she does not have a chance to serve the lord or do the seva of um, bal krishna so what is the why yashoda mataji was so fortunate that she served the lord uh, any pa- her past time story that why yashoda has this mataji has this chance Oh, I see. Well, I actually I don't think I can answer that explicitly. I know that uh Mother Yashoda was fortunate. She was in Vrindavan. She had those pastimes, but it, Krishna's pastimes are embellished by these types of things. He took birth uh in a prison. but then he was carried away to safety in vrindavan and then we see all the beautiful pastimes of vrindavan and prapa talks about mother yasoda she's one of those devotees that is always eternally in krishna's pastimes and and devaki she had krishna's association later she didn't have the childhood pastimes but I don't think they would be the same and as sweet if they weren't in Vrindavan and if we weren't taken into that realm of Vrindavan. And then later Krishna goes to Dwarka and performs all of his later pastimes in the presence of his mother and father. But maybe it was Krishna's way to bring Vrindavan into the picture. I was just listening to to um I actually I listen quite a bit to a lot of different people but uh the story was talking about Mother Yasoda and how we Prabhupada always talks about following in the footsteps of one of the devotees of Vrindavan we have to elevate ourselves to a certain place and that at a certain time we're able to follow in the footsteps of one of the devotees of our choice you know what we're what we're inclined to and they were talking about following in the footsteps of mother yasoda and that we'll never be in the position of mother yasoda it's not that we can be in her position take her place or have exactly the same loving pastimes but but we see in krishna's pastimes in vrindavan there there are many gopis that have a loving relationship with krishna and we see in the pastimes of lord brahma stealing the cowherd boys and calves how krishna himself became the sons of all of these other gopis so somehow or other we are able to follow in the footsteps of these great souls and at some point in time in some lifetime maybe not this lifetime we'll be able to see our uh relationship develop more and more but as far as knowing exactly how mother yasoda got that position it was also pointed out yesterday by shiva ram maharaj it's not that that these pastimes start at a certain place they're eternal we're we're in a world where everything has a beginning and an end where it's limited by time prophet said time is 
conspicuous by its absence in the spiritual realm. So we're always thinking of future past. You know, we're always confined. Our mind is always confined by time. But the pastimes of the Lord are eternal. And they're brought into our realm of conditioned souls. So we're always thinking in the concept of time. So, like Krishna says, never was there time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future will we cease to be. So that concept of eternal time is is a bit beyond our grasp. And I know I didn't answer the question you wanted answered, but I'm sure you'll find I've, I'm sure you'll find an answer somewhere. Hare Krishna, Madhuri, Hari Bol. Thank you, appreciate Hare Krishna. Anyone else? Hare Krishna Mataji, Madanath Pranam to you. Shri Prabhupada ki jai, Guru Maharaj ki jai, Radha Damodar ki jai. Thank you so much for discussing both the uh, crucial topics, you know, Srimad Bhagavatam and Damodar Leela. And I had just one line to add to Prabhuji's, uh, like uh, whenever uh, we hear that some Yashoda had a son, Krishna, there has to be some austerity she did. I'm sorry, I was like walking in the morning. There's like a helicopter kind of a thing going on top. So, uh, I hope you can hear me. Yes, we like, can. Uh, yeah. So basically, it's like uh, uh, she had done a lot of austerities. If, if uh, Mataji, if you remember her previous uh, life or something like that. And because of that, she was so fortunate. Uh, so similarly with us, something fortunate we did, although we don't have the position of Mother Yashoda, we can never have that, but at least we got connected to Srila Prabhupada and uh, some people came through books, some through some video or his, his lecture something or the other, we got connected and then after connection we got attracted right. and then we started chanting, that is the main thing there are a lot of people who come across Srila Prabhupada's books and all, but you know there is no like uh, attraction to it whatsoever so, and also the class today, Mataji, was so wonderful that here we're reading about, you know, how lust and attraction to the breast and all that, <laughs> you know. But then, here we are seeing how, you know, actually, when you were giving your class, one thought was coming to me that Srila Prabhupada said that uh, uh, sex life is only for procreating children. And as far as, you know, the different things about the woman's body is concerned, like the breasts are meant for giving milk to the child. So then when you came to the topic of Krishna got so annoyed, you know, when he was having milk, and how she was, again, she was serving him through uh, giving breast milk, then again she wanted to serve him more, uh, you know, by going and uh, taking care of the milk. And then also there was another Leela that attached that, you know, uh, just for uh, getting the attention of Krishna, everything in the spiritual world is real. So milk started falling down. So, you know, uh, so all these things are happening there. Everybody is trying to serve Krishna. That's the ultimate goal. And how Mother Yashoda was actually serving Krishna in a double way. Here she is like this. I mean, imagine sitting in the lap and most of us are mothers feeding the child. And then you're seeing, oh, you know, I have to get the milk also ready for the child. So, uh, such a 
that's why I think Krishna didn't want to uh, expose himself to her because one time when somebody complained he had uh, mud in his mouth or something, then he showed the whole Brahman to her, the mother. He didn't want her to know that. Uh, so this this episode clearly shows that how Krishna wants to uh, have a relationship with us as individuals of love and a relationship in which we can, um, you know, like like you said in the class, not of fear, but, you know, like uh, spreading this love to everyone and also loving our family and, uh, you know, and of course, uh, you know, while chanting, just concentrating on the holy name. So there are a few ways which I just came on my head which I can uh, say how I can probably show love, make nice bhoga and offer to Krishna, you know, so he can enjoy like that. But mm-hmm. thank you so much and how, you know, this class was so much connected to Srimad Bhagavatam because in one point my mind was going into, you know, this lady had beautiful breasts and then the other point we are seeing that Yashoda Ma is using her breast, I mean for feeding Krishna, for serving Krishna. So we have to use everything in connection to us. And um, at this point uh, also Mataji, like when Srila Prabhupada said that, you know, uh, half the battle, half the problems in life actually get solved. When we hear one thing that, uh, you know, that sex life is only for procreating children. This is such a, uh, this is such a strong statement and it is so powerful that when I heard this, I actually felt that, oh, so generally when people get married, they go to honeymoon and all that, they enjoy and they say two, two, uh, the parents will bless the children by saying, two years don't have children, just enjoy, go for a couple of honeymoons. So this is normally, I mean, I'm talking about like from the Indian background also, there are so many, you know, the plan two, three honeymoons, no children, just going, husband, wife alone and enjoying all sense gratification. But that is not permitted. That is not what Srila Prabhupada wanted, you know, uh, us to do. So our community is like so unique and uh, it is so appreciable. But for devotees who are not into sense gratification, who actually think of Srila Prabhupada as their grandfather, like for us, for our generation, (laughs) like I'm also in my 50s, I think of Srila Prabhupada as my grandfather, you know, like... uh, so, how much we can, uh, you know, like, uh, given to him by following his teachings, that is important to me, really. So, thank you so much, Mataji, for the wonderful class. I'm sorry I spoke so much, but I had not a single thought in my mind in the beginning, but because of your class, I was able to speak a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Um, well, you know, Prabhupada gave the highest... Um, yes, no, no gambling, for instance. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can interpret that. Some people say buying stocks is gambling. Some people say, you know, actually to me, a lot of things are a gamble. But what did, what did Prabhupada mean exactly? So we use our intelligence. Um, no sex except for children. I mean, that's, that's a really high standard. And I would say that probably most devotees have not been able to follow that. But at the same time, if we understand 
we're hearing from somebody who's directly serving the Lord. We want to please the Lord. That's not only what's going to save us, but, but that is what we're looking for. That's who we are. So if Prabhupada hadn't given us the highest, we wouldn't know what to aim for. So it's not that we beat ourselves up if we can't follow that particular. And in other places, Prabhupada says sex life within marriage. That's fine. You know, but if we know what we're aiming for, that that actual standard of purity is only to have sex life for children, then, then at least we know what our goal can be. So, um, but at the same time, we don't want to make our life that we promote having as much sex as possible. You know, two or three honeymoons, you know, just enjoy like crazy. You know, that, that's not a good mentality. So you just have to find your own balance and... Uh, Go forward and make make some progress. That's 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 what I would say. Yes, Mataji. In a similar context, like people who eat meat, they can eat, but they eat once a month. That's on the day of Amavasya, and then they offer to Mother Kali something like that. I heard. So Mother uh, Kali, you offer. We can't offer to Krishna because he doesn't want uh, meat. You know, Mother right. Kali. And so that way, at least a person who's having on a weekly or daily basis. Right. He's only having, so, you know, he's incurring less sin. Yes. Yeah, but that's it's the, so we can't perfectly follow. Yeah, you're right. It's a restriction. When, when someone's been eating meat their whole life, you know, yeah. for some people it's hard to just stop. So there's some restrictions, some boundaries, but you know what the goal is. You know, that's, that, Prabhupada did it that way. But if you wanted initiation, that's something else. You know, you couldn't get initiated and then go on with with sinful activities. That that's cheating. Anyway, Prabhupada, if Prabhupada didn't give us the highest standard, we, you know, at the same time when Prabhupada was here, there was one particular guru that was around, getting thousands of disciples. But his philosophy was, oh, you can do whatever sinful activities you want. Just chant these mantras and everything is okay. You need to use up your desires, sinful desires, and then they'll go away. It was like, you know, very degraded. Mm-hmm. We're lucky that Prabhupada was, was, he was strict. But without that parameter of strictness, we wouldn't know what we were looking for. Because we won't get to the goal if we're just a sinful debauchee. With Jagai and Madai, Lord Chaitanya, they had to stop their sinful activities. Ajamil had to stop after he he was saved by the Yama, uh, from the Yamadudas, by the Vishnududas. He had to stop his sinful activities and then make some progress. It's not that he went back to Godhead right then. So... Uh, Yes, a gradual process. Thank you for this comment, Mataji. But then one question again comes to me. Uh, when we talk about the four regs, uh, regulative principles, so, and we say that it, uh, you know, saves us from sinful life, are all four of them connected to 
being saved like for example if you having intoxication right so that will connect us to the mode of ignorance passion you know like even eating other things like which are not permitted onion garlic and all that right but uh, when it comes to sin uh, isn't it only connected to one of the regulatory principles which is meat eating uh, my understanding is all four of these principles are the the pillars of sinful life illicit sex life that's definitely illicit sex life we're not talking about sex life within marriage we're talking about illicit sex life i mean you can have the the right wing preachers that are going to say you know it's this is sex life even within marriage and that 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 all that you know but but if you if you listen to propat talking about the four regulatory principles he he talks about it in a general way that illicit sex life is sex life outside of marriage now it may be unregulated sex life and it may be it's just not the same thing it's just not the same thing you yes, may not, you may not become purified if if you're carrying on extensively within marriage even but it's you know we just have to learn more the more we read the more we understand how these particular activities affect the soul and his spiritual connection right we may be like like the story of the the wedding party prophe talks about that the wedding party is plying all night and they're going nowhere because their anchor is there so if if we're you know like the 10 offenses we can be chanting but if we're offensive we're not making much progress so you're not going to cheat krishna you know you're not going to do sinful activities break principles and make the same advancement as somebody who's or or how you would be if you weren't doing that that's that's up to us how we go forward but yes mataji and you know with my very small intelligence i always thought in the beginning when i read that i always read the 10 offenses in the morning uh, and i always thought it is not connected to it is only connected to just the chanting part during the time of chanting i should not blaspheme devotees Oh. I should not think it's an imagination, but then with time, as you said, and I heard more lectures, I realized that no, this is like a way of life. The way it's, of life. Okay. Yeah, it's like if I'm chanting in the morning and then in the evening I'm blaspheming a devotee. Right. I've already, you know, committed the broken the uh, offenses. Right. So that came to me much later because I was like committing offenses and then I was thinking that is separate. Just read them in the morning, and while chanting for two hours, that is the time I don't commit the offense. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> so well, you know, with this, so much of ignorance is there in the mind. It's amazing. But Mataji, one more thing, like uh, you know, for example, when this label is put, okay, uh, illicit uh, relation, cleanliness is gone. Okay, then you know, killing, of course, that is anyway sinful. I mean, no mercy is there in your heart. Then, of course, austerity is there, and then you know. so out of all of them i always feel that the most sinful uh, they all are sinful of course and we have to follow them but the most sinful actually is uh, killing and meat eating because there you are involving i mean of course in illicit relation we are uh, you know the sense you want to gratify our senses more by having more relation and things like that 
but in meat eating you are involving another living entity and saying okay come you know come and i want to eat you and you know i don't care how you die but i want to enjoy so uh, you know that's the worst and austerity of course we i mean uh, you know intoxication and all that stuff that we are doing on ourselves and then gambling of course our again we are like so greedy that's like self 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 you know self uh, be a, a selfish based life that kind of a thing but i always felt that the most sinful is meat eating but well, correct me if i'm wrong actually the they're all they're all like that though Okay. Okay. The effect that intoxication has on people. Yes. It's very, very powerful. If you've ever been in a place where a family member is an alcoholic, or you know, there's all kinds of ramifications for everybody involved. Um, an illicit sex life has, I mean. you you may be thinking just if someone goes and has a illicit sex life but the fact is is they're generally connected to other people they're connected to another wife or girlfriend or yeah i mean and 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 even then when it becomes a rampant thing there's no care for another person say say you you find some girl and you just have a relationship with her and she's thinking oh i'm going to marry this man i'm going to be so happy and it's just for you just a a fly by night thing you know there's it, all these things involve other living entities granted the, the pain of killing an animal is 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 very in your face you know but all these other things have great effects on others also and mataji like when we think of gambling uh, that is connected to uh, a sort of austerity merciful cleanliness it's a uh, truthfulness no right truthfulness so i'm never going to understand whenever they say of gambling i think of like las vegas gambling <laughs> you know where what exactly is this gambling thing and what is the connection of truthfulness in it and i always think in terms of you know like whatever you have stay content you don't need to you know buy a lotto ticket and stuff like that but like you said in the class there is more to gambling if you can explain a little bit that mataji i'm sorry taking so much time yeah i i i i'm sure the more we read the more we'll get some of these answers about gambling i mean you'll hear from one person oh you know this is gambling playing uh, doing the stock market that's gambling but for me any kind of business is a gamble um i did the malls uh, years ago and to me that was a big gamble i mean i had to put money into it and a lot of time there was no guarantee at all that i was going to make any money at all cuz i only got a percentage you know i only got a, if i sold so you know I, there's a lot of angles to these things and every speaker um or guru has a different a different angle probably didn't like really get into it very much you know he just said these are the four regulative principles and 
like everything else, you can go as deep as you as you want to. So I'm, I know that there's answers of more details, certainly, for these particular topics. But you just have to wait until they come your way with uh, <laughs> through the books. That's why I like listening to like Radhanath Swami. I listen to Indra Swami. You know, Devamrita Swami. That's why I listen to these people. Because there's so much more learned. That they, and Garanga, they bring up all these things from where Prabhupada said in his books. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That makes sense. It's not just what they think. They're bringing up all these different quotes from all these different great souls and, and Prabhupada's books themselves. And... Uh, then I get answers to more detailed questions. All right, I think I must go. Thank you, everyone, for your association. Thank you, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.